Daniel chapter 9. You're correct. So what's that, about eight weeks, ten weeks? <laughs> four more chapters, but not four more weeks. Doubtful it's four weeks. Pardon me? Did I say that? Did I say Christmas 2020? Okay, okay. Daniel chapter 9, let's read the first 19 verses. In the first year of Darius, son of Ahasuerus, by descent of Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him, and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame." as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away in all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery that they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belong open shame to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against Him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in His laws, which He set before us by His servants the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against Him. He has confirmed His words which He spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous and in all the works that He has done, and we have not obeyed His voice. And now, O Lord God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly, 
O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill, because our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now, therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy and for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O oh my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Was that today? Pardon me? Was that today? <laughs> uh, could have been. It, it, it very well. I think it's, <clears throat> if, if, if we go back to, um, I, don't, I should have looked at the date. Sometime in the 1st of March, and we finished Second Kings, and then it was like, okay, we're going to do Daniel next. And then all of a sudden, the COVID-19 hit, and we were locked down. And then we finally got into doing Daniel. So think back, if we hadn't through, um, through podcasts, and, you know, we've been in Daniel for about eight months. This is the second time through, if, if you uh, subjected yourself to all those podcasts. That, um, but bef- so go back before and just, just think for just a, a, a minute. If you think of Daniel without having now made it through eight chapters and reading the first part of nine, what would, what would, your, what would your favorite part of Daniel be? The lion's den? Well, I mean, what would you have pulled out? Okay, Daniel, what's it about? You know, tell me... What's it about? You might think, you, you know, the lion's den, the fiery furnace, uh, the, the Daniel diet. Standing for what he believed in. Faithfulness to, to God. In a difficult situation, would from from his teenage years to well into his eighties that he was in exile, just just taken from his home and and forced marched across, you know the the Middle East to part of Iraq. Would you have thought about this prayer? That, that Daniel prays before, you know, we went through it. We know how faithful Daniel was, but yet he's praying like he is really a sinful person. And, and I would have said, under this situation, I'd be more praying for all of the ones that, that did forsake God and did him. But it's like he didn't encompass He's including himself, and then it's also a a corporate prayer. Maybe when we came to this back, um, 
let me see, it was July, August, when, when before we were meeting as a group and, and we, um, we, we came to this in, in the podcast, and I was like, wow. I know I've read it before, but, it, but just the magnitude, the awesomeness of this prayer, it, it could be my favorite part of the book of Daniel, to this, this prayer that, that he that he give that he he records and and you know that the Holy Spirit re- led him to record and and to give to us. You could, if I'm not really creative creative enough to title. I think a sermon it's okay to title, but a Bible study, I mean a Sunday school class. It, I don't I don't know that you give titles to it. It seems rather presumptuous. But if I were going to title it, it might be. Uh, a template for prayer, or it might be, are my prayers too small? Do I know what to pray? You, you see Daniel broken and really pre- playing, praying for and I don't know that we always pray like that. We don't always pray like that. Always, ever. Yeah. I'll go... I'll go always just to, maybe ever. We, we don't pray. And why is it that he does, you know? Um, yeah, why, why is Daniel able to pray like, like he does? He sees that God's hand in, in everything. How did the how did how did Daniel begin recording, you know, as as a prophet and one inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to write? Remember back in, in, in chapter one, second verse, the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand, speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, that, that Daniel's view of God from the get-go was that God is in control. God is sovereign. God allowed this. When does this happen? So let's, let's see. How, how is Daniel able to pray this way? It's like, like, like Bob said, but when is this happening? It's, this is not chronologically immediately after chapter 8. It says, in the first year of Darius, the son of Asherus, Ahasuerus. It, when, you can listen to podcasts and you can get, you can hear multiple pronunciations, pronunciations of the, you know, some of these names. And, and I know when in, in chapter uh, eight or chapter, maybe it's eight, Antiochus, some, some call him Antiochus Epiphanes, some Antiochus Epiphanes. It's just like, okay, what, what, you know, and you can get those things stuck in your head and, and not know what you want to say. Or as one guy said, I got my, my tang tangled around my eye tooth and I couldn't say what I wanted to say. So in the first year of Darius, a Mede, so this is 
when does this happen? This happens about the time of chapter 5, actually after chapter 5 in chronological order. That chapter 5 was the last day of, 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 of Babylon being the, the predominant empire. Uh, that, that that very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean, was killed and the Medes and the Persians took over. So it's been about 12 years after the vision that Daniel had in, in chapter 8. First year of, of Darius, about 539 B.C. And what is Daniel doing? You know, did, did that event impact Daniel? Did that e- event cause him to, 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 to ponder or think, wow, Babylon is no more. It, does, does that kind of, kind of t- you know, what triggered his, his, his interest? Or is this just part of his, his daily routine? We know from chapter 6 that he prayed three times a day, that that was, you know, probably from the time he left Jerusalem to the time he got uh, to 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 this point in his life that he, that he prayed three times a day, but Daniel is doing what? He says, I perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord, Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70. What was he doing? Give me a paraphrase of, of what he means when he says, I perceived in the books. He's studying the Bible. He's, he's reading Jeremiah. Whereabouts? Jeremiah 25 is a good place to start. If my pages weren't stuck together. So Jeremiah is... is writing to the, the exiles. He's, he's been prophesying uh, since the days of Josiah, you know, the last good king in, in, in Judah. And in, and in verse um, in verse 11, 25-11, he says, This whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then after 70 years are complete, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. So Daniel is, is studying the Word, the Scripture, and, and, he, and he, he remembers this or he comes across this and it's like God is going to punish the land, the king of Babylon and that has just happened. He was, he was there when it happened. It's, it's like an aha moment or it's like, oh my goodness, this, this is happening. But look in, in Jeremiah 29... Starting in verse 1, it says, These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So, 
in addition to preaching and proclaiming the word of the Lord, Jeremiah also wrote down, sent a letter to the exiles in, in Babylon. And it's there that, that Jeremiah tells them, thus says the Lord, build houses there, live with them, plant gardens, eat produce. Like you're going to be here for a while. Get, get settled in. And he also told them, seek the welfare of the city. Jeremiah sent them a letter. If you're an exile, if you were taken into exile, into captivity, and you got this letter from the, this prophet of God, this, this pastor, this preacher, someone that you really uh, esteemed, and how many of the, the Jews that went into exile really esteemed Jeremiah? We, we don't know, but Daniel certainly did. If you get this, this letter saying, seek the welfare of your city, of that city that you're in, that's, that's New Testament not Old Testament. I mean, that's like what, what Jesus would say, pray for your enemies and, and those who despise you. But, but God told them, seek their, their, their welfare. And then in verse 10 in 29, he says, when 70 years are complete for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill your, my, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. So Daniel read that. He remembers, maybe he heard the letter, and he's reading uh, the scroll, and he, and he realizes, hey, we're getting really close. And he also knows the Mosaic law, that the, the curses that God had, had, had warned uh, Israel about. And, and Deuteronomy 28, where he said, I will bless you if you do these things, but I will curse you if you don't. And, and in Deuteronomy 28, 36, God tells them, I will make you a byword and a horror to the, to the other nations. That's pretty stern, is it? What is, if you were made a byword, what, what, what do you th think? What does that mean? It's like they're going to forget. They're like a laughingstock or... or it's like, well, look, look what happened to them. They're nothing now. It, it's like a one-hit wonder. You know, that they, they were good. They were powerful for a while, and now they're nothing. They're absolutely, they're absolutely nothing. But also in the Mosaic Law, in, in, in Deuteronomy, as well as Leviticus 20, 26 and verse 40, God told them, but if you confess, I will, and repent, I will return to you. So Daniel has all of this in his head. It, it's, how do you say that? How do you say what I'm trying to, what I think I want to say? Daniel is reading the word and, and he knows the word and, and he realizes we are coming up on the time and, and God's going to bless us. God's going to return us to the land. But we have not repented. We have not confessed. And now he's trying to, to, to lead the, the, the nation, the people there in, in, in Babylon into, into repentance that, that God might do what he said. And, and one other passage in, 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 uh, in Jeremiah is in chapter 36. Read it this afternoon or, or, or this week, 
But in, but in, in Deuteronomy chapter 36, find it that God tells Jeremiah, okay, I said two things. In Jeremiah chapter 36, not De Deuteronomy. In Jeremiah 36, God tells Jeremiah to, you know, have Baruch write these things down on a scroll and read them to the people. And the king finds out about it, Jehoiakim, one of the, the, the last three or four evil kings of Judah. The king finds out about it and says, bring that to me and read it. And as Baruch goes and reads that scroll of Jeremiah, the king takes his knife and he cuts off a three or four inch strip as he reads it and he throws it in the fire. He burns the scroll. And, and Baruch goes back and God tells Jeremiah, write it again. Write it out again. And Daniel apparently has this, you know, a copy of this, probably not the original, but he, he has a copy of it. He's, he, he knows the letter. He knows all of, all of that that God has, has promised. What could, we, what could we glean just from the fact that, that Daniel is reading the scripture. He's reading the word of the, the Lord. He sees the end of, uh, of, of the days of the desolation of Jerusalem, the end of the days of the exile coming, just, just coming real soon. And then in verse three, he says, I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas of mercy. Daniel was reading the Word, and what did it do? It moved him to seek the Lord. It moved him to turn to the Lord. So think about that for, for a little bit, the implications or the application. Like, like Nina said, do, do, we don't always pray this way like he did, do we, when we read the, the Word, when we read Scripture, does it drive us to seek the Lord? And notice, Daniel was reading. How much had he read before he got to that point? But God directed him to the portion of Scripture that he needed. I mean, James Montgomery Boyce said, uh, you know, that even though Daniel was a prophet, he still found it important to read the Word and that when he studied the Scripture, God directed him to the passages that spoke to his need and comforted him. Have you ever experienced that? Like something has happened in your life, a, a loss of a loved one, a job, or maybe just a confrontation with somebody. And, 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 and then you... Probably, if I was honest, I would say the first thing I do might not be to read Scripture. But, but eventually it's like, oh, you know, I need, I need comforting. And, 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 and you, you begin to, to read the Word, and, and God just directs you to the perfect passage, you know, what, whatever the, the case may be. And God directed Daniel to, to this passage, and then what how did Daniel respond? He, he sought the Lord by prayer and pleas of mercy with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. 
why would Daniel... Yes. What makes us humble ourselves before God? Or what is a good uh, emphasis, emphasis, impetus of humbling ourselves before God? Look first at what Daniel says. O oh Lord, the great and awesome God. Okay. Is it hard to humble yourself when we contrast who we are with who God is? You are God. You are the great and awesome God. And I know who I am. Nobody knows better than me. You know, and, and that, if we're being truthful with ourselves, that will lead us to humble ourselves. And, and, and that's, I think, the beginning of Daniel's. He's pleading for mercy. What is mercy? It's not receiving what you deserve. You know, that they say grace is receiving what you don't deserve and mercy is receiving, not receiving what you do deserve. And Daniel, Daniel realizes we need mercy. We don't need what, what we deserve. And, and he fasts. He puts on sackcloth and ashes. Did Corey mention that this morning? I'm kind of like, Okay, that was like an hour ago. How can I be expected to remember that? About just the, 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 the nature, just the Jews and how they would humble themselves and the seriousness that they took and they would put on scratchy sackcloth. You know, think of wearing a burlap bag as a, you know, a, a shirt. I mean, or even if it was a pure wool. Remember the old days when you'd get something, a pure wool shirt and it would be just like, you, you, you thought you had chiggers all over you and, and that they put that on. Why? To, to show their attitude toward themselves and, 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 and ashes and fasting that he might seek the Lord. Yeah. I'm not sure that we should do that. Like, okay, this was, it was more of, of you know, culturally what they did, but, but metaphorically, what could it be? What, what, how could we say, okay, this, this would be the equivalent of of sack sackcloth and and ashes, just just the humble humbleness of it and removing distractions. Um, you know, thinking that okay, this is where I'm I'm contrasting me, a sinner, saved by grace, but who the great and awesome God is, and and that it that that we have, you know, a, a spiritual condition of sackcloth and ashes that. And they would tear their clothes <laughs> to show, you know, mourning and, and it's. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. I mean, I got to get scissors, you know, even if you get a, 
old T-shirt that's going to be a rag, and it's like, you know, it's like, well, that doesn't happen anymore. And so you get scissors and cut it. I mean, we used to tear each other's clothes, you know, playing outside, playing football, little kids, and you'd go in, and that'd be, you know, you just thought you got hurt in playing football. It's like... Okay, we may not finish Daniel in 2021. <laughs> we'll, um, <clears throat> no, <laughs> we'll start somewhere in chapter nine next week at the first through the night. 19 verses, but, you know, it's, it's a, an, a, a really great beginning that, that Daniel is, he's reading the Word, and so we can see that no matter what his circumstances, he's, he's still reading the Word. He didn't outgrow, get too old to, to find wisdom, to find direction for his life in, in, in searching God's Word, and it's like, Okay, now we got a new king. And, and Jeremiah said that God was going to visit his, his punishment on the king of Babylon, and he's done that, and, you know, where should I go? And, and so Daniel turns to the word, but the word what? Turns him to, to God. It says, then he began seeking the Lord. And, and, you know, many, I think many things that we might read just in, in, the, in the Christmas season, it just, it, it turns us to the Lord and, and to, to God and what he did in sending his, his son in the fullness of time to be born of a virgin and to walk among men and then to sacrifice him, himself for us. Any other word before we He includes himself in it. He, he says, I have sinned and, and we have sinned. And, he, and there's no but after that. It's, it's not like Adam, that woman you gave me. He, he doesn't say that. He, he, he acknowledges, he owns his own sin. And, and, I, and I think that's a biggie when we get into the prayer. So as a template for prayer, look at it if you get a chance this week. And, and I think there are probably three clear things that Daniel does. Sort of a, 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 an adoration, an invocation, confession, and then supplication for, for others. And see which one, which two take the bigger part of the prayer, of Daniel's prayer. Because it's, generally speaking, the opposite of, of how we typically pray. 
So let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we know that your word directs us back to you. And God, we need you. We need you in, in every part of our lives. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit directs us to your throne, leads us to you. God, may we be faithful students of your word. May we be known as people of your word, but also as, as people of prayer. God, I just thank you for your, your word and that it's been preserved for us and help us to, to turn to it each and every day of our lives for, for guidance and for knowing you better. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.